the cover, we focus on a table full of tools. A socket wrench sits next to a wide selection of screwdrivers tipped with intricate shapes and a carefully laid out array of delicate watchmaker's tools. Sitting in a cradle is a hammer with a piece of masking tape along the haft with careful handwriting that reads, in case of emergencies. In the background, we can see the aged form of Professor Paradox carefully repairing what remains of his time machine. Hindsight Finale, Part 2, Stress Fracture. get back to the future so daybreak nightfall has snarked at you a little bit uh and at this point overclock who has you know been fused to a control panel starts to kind of like hum to himself it's like a that can't be good and then he goes ding pop tarts are done and nightfall kind of looks over at him what do you do we should probably check on the talking head Oh, yeah, someone check on the talking head. I have a name, it's Overclock. <laughs> yeah, but never mind. So, did you do the, the thing with the tech and the stuff? Yeah, I did the thing. Big red button over there on that other panel. Just need you to push that for me. I want to pierce his mask just to make sure that this is on the level. Yeah, go for it. Let's see if this works. So, that is a nine. Uh, so you get one question off that list. What do you want to know? Let's go uh, longer term here. What are you really planning? So Overclock is, in fact, he has he has done what he said. Uh, you can see the readout on the little you know uh, control panel screen, and it looks like he has definitely written a little script to turn off the signal receivers in the nano machines that are currently infecting all these people. So they'll still be there but they just won't be re receiving any signals anymore. Long term, he is also downloading all of Heron's information right now. He's definitely looking for something in that information. As for what it is, you remember that he mentioned that he had a body at some point that's probably dead now. Okay, um, I don't think I have anything against him like finding his body again, so I'm just going to go push the button. What could possibly go wrong with him finding a body? Uh, you go over there, you push a button... And nothing immediately, like, world-shaking happens, but we do get a couple of panels of big swarms of people that had been acting as, like, a hive mind. And we see them shut down and just collapse. And then the next panel is them starting to stand back up, and some of them are, like, holding their heads and looking around. And then they all just, like, look honestly a little freaked out at each other because they're not used to being in a crowd this size and being able to control their, you know, their own bodies. And that swiftly turns to, like, relief. So that's the first step in saving the future. And Nightfall kind of looks over at you. Yeah, uh, Regime has nothing against that. We've been working on fixing this thing for a while anyway, so good on you. Cool. Next step. Beating the Regime. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that, kid. Thanks. And he walks over, and he kind of looks you up and down. This is weird as hell, but I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I've been working on time travel for, like, what, 10, 15 years now. How did you even get here? So I was fighting Hex, and then suddenly there was a bright light, and then I was here. See, because I remember that fight, and Hex kicked my ass. 
Definitely didn't get to that point yet. I was, I totally had him. Totally had him. Yeah, spoiler warning, you're going to lose that fight. It's all right, though. You kind of make a name for yourself afterwards. You have a good career. Help a lot of people. And then Axiom happens. I, I don't actually know the whole story. What did happen? And he kind of sits down. I'm getting too old for this. I guess it's going to be nice to get it off my chest. We used to be close. Like, after Hex beat the hell out of me, Axiom actually swooped in and saved the day. Axiom trained me. You, us, I guess. Nice. Yeah. And then sometime around the 2020s, I guess, something changed. He responded to a distress call on the moon. And uh, when he got back, he was different, kind of kind of angrier. Eventually, he got fed up with Kobe trying to tell him what to do. I guess they had something on him, and he decided to go nuclear and just break in, take all their files, and they keep records. And a lot of them have actual civilian IDs for a lot of heroes. I didn't know they went that far. In a way, it makes sense. It helps to have demographic information, and honestly, they were pretty nice. I don't think they ever actually intended to do anything with it, but the fact that it existed was a problem. Axiom took it out at every hero, every fragment, every villain in North America. So why didn't anyone stop him? <laughs> you tried. You got your ass kicked. Hmm. That doesn't sound like me. Yeah, well, you know your history. What do you know about Axiom? Hero never really knew exactly who he was. I think there have been a couple of them, maybe? Yeah. So the first one was a guy named John Ackman, a tank driver back in World War II. Rescued a bunch of aliens from Nazi experimentation. And they thanked him by giving him this uh, nanotech energy suit. That's the Axiom suit. Uh, the second one, a guy named Garfield Glenn, back in the 70s through late 80s, early 90s. So about where you're at. Hell of a nice guy. Died in prison. And then there's this one. And I would be lying if I told you I had any idea who's under that mask, but they have been for a damn long time now. And this one, and he kind of like gestures around, is the one that blew up half a damn city, knocked over every hero in North America, and took over most of the Northern Hemisphere. And you're still working for him? What are the options? Stopping him. Yeah, we tried. And you know what I figured out? Most people that tried don't get a second chance. So sure, I work for Axiom, and I find people that are trying to overthrow the regime, and I put them in prison because at least they'll be alive the next day. So you're telling me you gave up? I made the best of a bad situation. I can't believe I turned into you. Yeah, well, I can't believe I was ever as naive as you. And at that point, I actually want to move over to Stellar. I will fight you, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I see these... Weird dino people coming towards me. Yeah, so you see a bunch of people in cybernetics, and they all kind of have different animal motifs. So one of them is styled like an eagle, one of them is styled kind of like a rhinoceros, uh, one of them is styled like a big cat. Like, they all have different motifs to them. As they land in the square, you can see the, the ones further off are starting to filter out into the city, but a large contingent of them look like they're heading towards the Kopi Pyramid. So what do you do? So, uh, Stellar's going to, like, she's drawn her sword, and she's kind of, like, kind of, like, do this thing where she, like, spins around, 
and a bunch of like light bursts out from around her. And eventually she like spins and like does a slash in the air. I'm going to use time for the show. When you put on a flamboyant display of your powers, roll plus superior. On a 7 and 9, name one NPC present. On a 10 plus, name two NPCs presence. The named NPCs must either volunteer help or information, express admiration, or ask for your help. GM's choice. And in miss, your display catches someone watching in the long way. Uh, haha, that is a seven. So on a seven to nine, you name one NPC that is present. And who are you thinking of here? Well, I would like to name the NPC uh, Horace. I think she might be here. I think she's, you know, coming into the scene. I think the way this works out is that... Horace was actually at this little shop where you and Olivia were having your tea date, and she was just having a her day. Like, she's not superheroed <laughs> out or anything. <laughs> she's just, you know, wearing plain clothes. She's got her hair up in kind of a little bun. And as you're doing this display, she is getting back up after being mind whammied. Uh, she's recovering very, very quickly. And you can see behind you, there is a lady in this cafe who is on fire from, like, her shoulders down, and she is just stalking out of that cafe. And what are my options on this? The named NPCs must either volunteer help or information, express admiration, or ask for your help. Okay, so I think we're definitely going to go with that first one where they're going to volunteer aid or information. And she looks at you, and she looks at them. Yeah, hey, uh, oh, you're that pop star, right? Yes, stellar. You know me? Uh, you know, I've heard your work. And then she just kind of like throws a hand out and it gets very, very bright for a second. And there are a couple of piles of just like molten slag. Horace is not playing around here. And she looks up at the head where a couple more are starting to come out. You think you can handle the ground troops if I uh, take care of that thing? Of course. Thank you for your help. She is already in the air. <laughs> well, it was nice meeting you, mysterious <laughs> lady that's on fire. All right, well, <laughs> she's on my side. I'm not going to complain. Oh, Horace, your social skills. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we get a couple of panels of Horace just flying up to impact this uh, giant T-Rex skull, and you can see it starting to glow from the inside. So, Stellar, what are you up to? So, Stellar's going to go over to Olivia, who's storm conscious, and I want to leave her a note somehow, but I don't think I have any, like, paper on me. I grab a napkin and... A pen that's just sitting there and write down, I've headed to the Kofi HQ. When you wake up, head in that direction. I also write, P.S. The lady on fire is helping. Don't try and stop her. <laughs> I will leave it on her and head towards the Kofi HQ. So you are pursuing this group that is heading towards the Kofi HQ, and this is the main group of them. So as they are going, one or two of them at a time will splinter off, and they're, they're usually heading into like what looks to be the traditional Apex City warehouses, some of which, you know, are used to house things for, you know, Heron Biomedical, or this very small up-and-coming uh, group called Phoenix. Usually like biotech or technological things, but the main group of them are still heading towards Kobe. So you catch up with them as they're getting to the pyramid, and at that point I actually want to go back inside that to a laboratory with Kieran. <laughs> So, a couple of things happen. You're kind of standing there catching your breath. Hextinction is very much the same, because this is obviously taking the load out of her as well. And 
She has just dropped that arm that she had integrated for a minute, and she's pushed a few buttons into like this little holographic display that pops up, and you can see that same like silvery style portal that she came out of initially open up behind her. And as it does, you can actually also feel a very familiar tingling in the back of your head. There's a group of hacked approaching pretty quickly. So yeah, those are the, that's what's going on at the moment. What you do? So Kieran's going to glare at Hextinction. I'm not letting you get out of here with those nanobots. So you can either just hand them over now, or I will personally pluck every single one of them out of your body. I think that sounds like a provoke someone. Minus two for guilty brings it to six, but plus one superior, seven. On a seven to nine, they can instead choose one. So you are going to gain influence on Hextinction. And she just kind of tilts her head to one side, kind of like a bird. What you said kind of sinks in, and she looks back at the portal that she could just step through, and then she looks at you. What do you mean? And this is the first time you've heard her talk, so at least she's interacting now. What do you mean what I mean? The, the nanobots you literally just took. Why would you want to stop me? I need to stop you. And she kind of, like, narrows her little, like, dinosaur eyes at you and sniffs the air a little bit. You have them. You know how how it's going to be in the future. You've been there, right? Yes. No more conflict. No more war. Everyone has unity of purpose. I've seen it. I don't know what you think you've seen. But I've lived it. There's still conflict that doesn't end. This doesn't fix anything. It just makes it worse. You know what? I, I actually do want you to provoke one more time. Okay. And on the upside, you now have influence, so that's a plus one. I rolled a 12. She kind of steps forward, and you can tell that she's very, very confused. And she waves a hand back, and the portal closes. Tell me what you've seen. And at that point, let's get back to Paradox's base, where Paradox and Patrine are recalibrating a time machine. So Patrine is sort of working on this, but as she's working on it, she's clearly trying to work herself up to say something. So you are near the end of your life, and you are sort of a mentor figure, yes. I, I guess you could say that. So this is the perfect time for you to give advice to others. Sure, I've got ten minutes to live. What can I help you with? If you know something that could do something, but it would harm you and others, and you had no way to tell them what this something was, what would you do? Listen, I have ten minutes to live. Please do not beat around the bush. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to put a stop to everything, but if I do, it will kill me. But it will kill Hextinction and Horsehead as well. Okay, here's the thing. I've been around the timeline quite a bit. I've been from one end of creation to the other, and I mean that quite literally. Heat Death of Universe, spectacular by the way, strongly suggested. Do you know what every martyr I've ever met has in common? No. They're all dead. And do you know what happened to the universe after they died? Everything that still happened. Yes. Literally nothing. You want to fix something. You want to stop something from happening. 
my suggestion is to live through it so you can enjoy the aftermath. Understood. Now, if you don't mind, I need a torque wrench. Right over here. So I think at this point, uh, we get Hextinction and Horsehead coming back to this kind of main landing room. And Paradox has left the machine. It has been reset. And he has made himself uh, a glass of what is, let's call it strong apple juice. (laughs) (laughs) Comics code! (laughs) And you can see, like, the little lights on his uh, chest machinery starting to blink erratically. And under them, you can see this weird, like, green kind of (sighs) glow. All right. Machine's all set. Just... Stand on the platform. One of you sit in the thing. Pull the lever. You'll get there. I will sit in the thing because I understand how to control this if something is problematic. It's not problematic. I reset it myself. It'll function good as the day I built it. I understand. Wait, I I have a question. You've got, oh, what, three minutes? Go for it. As much as you understand time travel, does, when you make a change, does, is it, is it multiple causality laws like does the does the place that we left still exist everything exists right now until you change it you're not in a position to make anything different happen the timeline is intact the timeline is always intact whatever you do whenever you do it that's what happens there's two rules just two first thing from a quantum superposition like we're in right now never observe yourself if you can help it because as soon as you see something happen it has happened you can't change that that's why i never watch myself die <laughs> oh no oh no <laughs> <laughs> wait what no 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 secondly and just as importantly if you're going to kill a time traveler make sure you do it outside the standard timeline Basic time is not very elastic, and let's just say if you run across me, I'd take it as a kindness if you didn't let me die, because it would probably break time. That goes for you and your dad as well. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. You, you, (sighs) I have to change it. I I can't let it happen. And I think he starts to, like, lose consciousness at this point. Oh. I think extension breaks down for a second. Like, like, just completely and unintentionally, she's completely ruined her chances of, in her mind, like, atoning. Extinction, extinction. You can control everything around here, right? All the computers were watching stuff. Can you find a video of him dying somewhere else? Make him watch his own death, not here. Sure, let's try that. That. <laughs> so you take him uh, to the to the viewing room, right? Yeah. And... There are a bunch of these dials that are just marked do not watch. We're we're basically trading his quantum immortality to save him now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we flip one of the do not watch. Okay. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you an option. So so there's two that are fairly recent. There's one in the 1940s and there is one in the 1990s. Which one do you want to show him? Do I have any inclination of what they are cuz otherwise I'm I like we I can flip a coin. All right. The the 90s is around a time that Hex was bumming around the 90s, though, so... All right, let's call it even for 40s, odds for 90s. <laughs> odds, it's 90s. You flip the dial, and you see a much younger Professor Paradox, no machinery hooked up to him, waiting in a hotel bar. And he keeps checking his watch, 
And the old Paradox looks up and is like, no, no, this is... I like to imagine that Patrine is carrying old Paradox, because I have the strength to do so. And eventually, a couple of people come in, they have a short conversation, and you see a portal open up behind Paradox, and Hex steps through it, and very quickly, Hex actually plants Paradox's face into a table has a short conversation with the other two, and then steps on Paradox's neck. Oof. And it was the 90s. It was the 90s. <laughs> and that's where that one ends, just abruptly. And old Paradox closes his eyes and shudders. Why would you do that? You said that we couldn't stop you from dying here, that that was, ca- that that was causality collapsing in on itself, right? Yes. So now it's real. And now, when I die in the 90s... The timeline is gonna break. But that's what you said time does. Yeah, time doesn't work. It's messy, but at least it... At least it... At least it exists. Done is done, I guess. And he pushes himself up, and he's kind of unsteady, but you can tell he's not actively dying at this point. You're going to the 90s, right? Yes. So look, I can't do anything about that, but maybe you can. So, do me a favor... Stop your dad from killing me. I really don't think he knows what's going to happen afterwards. Masks A New Generation is written for Magpie Games by Brendan Conway. It is made of gold, silver, and bronze. Also the future, which may or may not be doomed. Daybreak is played by Eric. You can find him on Twitter at PrimeFactorX01 or listen to him play a silky smooth fay on the Shadows of St. Flair podcast. Patrine is played by Mac. She's a co-host of Crooked Russian Cam's podcasts, including Gem Jammer and I Will Fight You. You can find her at any of those or at MacKenzie on Twitter. Horsehead is played by Nick, GM of Real Fantasy Encounters. You can find him on Twitter at RF Encounters. Stellar is played by Charlie. You can find Sir on Twitter at Magical underscore Pride and Sir Podcast Precure Podcast Engage at Prepod Engage. Hextinction is played by Evan Saft, your friendly neighborhood GM on the Rollout Podcast. They can be found on Twitter at Names Equipped or at Rollout Podcast. Stagehand is played by Landon Cornell. You can find him on Twitter at Occasional GM or on his own podcast, Shadows of St. Fleur, which you can find at St. Fleur Pod. Kieran is played by Vanessa Haas. You can find her being a delinquent on Paradigm Academy or on LGBT and D as Jack the Janus, or on Twitter at Alpaca My Books. Apex City is GM'd by Jeremy, who also writes the music and edits this podcast. Our album art was provided by Fitzsimmons. Find them on Instagram at Fitzonomy. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever timelines crash together. Follow us on Twitter at Apex City Cast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next issue. Ha Time travel! Well, no time like the present. Where'd you guys come from? Daybreak! Daybreak. I like that. And there's just a, like, big rip noise as Stagehand tears the back of the backpack off. This is her weapon of last resort.